Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. This week, I want to talk about values, in particular, your corporate values. Question I get a lot is, should we use our values in our code of conduct? And if so, how do we use our corporate values in our code of conduct? So let's tackle the first question, which is, should we? And I think the answer is usually yes, but not always. <laughs> and uh, the qualification there is, how are the values, values used elsewhere in your organization? Um, Are the values something that are prominent, uh, a communication tool that's used regularly, if not frequently, throughout your organization? Do you have new values that have just been rolled out and there's been some internal marketing and publicity about those values? Uh, I guess the question is, how valuable are those values and how well known or what kind of resources are behind those values? Because if the answer is that either they're new values that are being rolled out and there's a real push, or that they're fairly well known, they're up on the wall in most locations, people understand the values, then I think the answer is pretty definitely a yes, that you want to include those values in some form in your code of conduct. If you, and this is the rare case, but if you have an organization where your values are kind of uh, neglected, uh, perhaps under review, Uh, where there's some uncertainty, if you will, around the values, then maybe you don't want to put your resources and time behind uh, integrating those values into your newly revised code of conduct, particularly if they're going to go away. And this has happened before with organizations that I've worked with on their codes of conduct, where they either were in the process of redeveloping their values or the values they thought were going to be reimagined, and so they were in flux in some way. And so you tend to avoid including the values in that circumstance for that reason, because you don't really know what the future holds. Um, But for most organizations, I say the majority of organizations that I work with, those values are pretty much set in in stone or they're uh, recently been revitalized and that sometimes leads to the question about including them in a revised code of conduct because there's been an effort to update the values. Um, I I think that the, the question really comes down to how the values are used in the organization, how stable or or for that matter, unstable, uh, the status of those values and those definitions around those values are. Um, Because what you don't want to do is uh, start drafting a code of conduct or redrafting a code of conduct and designing it around a set of values that are going to go away or that the the future of which are uh, uncertain past a certain point. So it's important to kind of evaluate where sort of on the value maturity scale your organization might be. Uh, If those values are strong, if those values are something that there's a lot of uh, communication about, then you you definitely want to include it. You want to ride those coattails of a successful uh, campaign, a marketing and messaging campaign that's perhaps already ongoing uh, with either new or or vital uh, values. So uh, once you make that determination and you are going to move forward 
to include values in your code of conduct. The question often is, is how do you do that? And I think there are two main ways that you can include the values in your code and have your code best reflect those values and use those values in a in a uh, appropriate and and uh, meaningful way. The first, and this is the most common, is to perhaps structure your code of conduct around your values. And I'll give you an example here. A very common uh, value is the term integrity. Well, integrity is a good uh, heading or 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 category for just about any kind of risk topic. Uh, uh, discussion about the code in general and the purpose of the code, uh, discussion of responsibilities, discussion of reporting. You can put many, many topics under the heading of integrity. Uh, same goes for other common value terms such as customer focus. Well, for customer focus, you might say initially, well, I don't really see how that fits in with compliance. Well, actually under customer focus, you could put all of the risk topic discussions that have to do with customer facing issues like for instance privacy that fits perfectly under customer focus um, if you have uh, a value that talks about the community like uh, uh, community centric or international focus or something like that you can put uh, risk topics can be clustered under that heading uh, for instance anti-corruption uh, trade sanction any kind of uh, topic that seems to lend itself. It's uh, it's an exercise and it doesn't always work perfectly and some organizations have tried uh, to figure out how to implement their code of conduct around a structure where the values are the topic headings um, and it doesn't work. Um, but it is it's a worthwhile exercise to try because if you can do it that way then it gives you an opportunity in each of these uh, chapters, if you will, to have a short discussion about what that value means to the organization on perhaps a title page uh, for each of those subheadings or chapters. Uh, it gives you some flexibility to try some different things. And it's, it's a worthwhile exercise, even if you don't ultimately end up structuring your code around your values, to at least uh, do a quick and dirty table of contents based around those uh, using your values as the sub headings or, or categories. It just gives you it kind of gives you some ideas of, of, of what you can do and what, what the flexibility around using them as the structure for the code is what's possible and what's not. I would say if I had to guess about 70% of the time you can make it work in a logical and reasonable way. There are some values that are so far afield that it's really hard to figure out uh, what risk topics, what discussion you would have under those values, but it's the rare situation where you can't make something uh, work. Now, uh, you may not want to. You may determine that it is just too um, uh, convoluted uh, from your perspective to do it that way. That's fine, but again, I think it's a worthwhile exercise to take the time to take those topics that you know that you want in the code of conduct, that includes specific risk, risk topics like anti-corruption, antitrust, uh, trade sanctions, harassment, etc., etc., all of your risk topics, but also things like reporting, following the law, everybody's responsibility under the code. Um, you take all of those topics and then tr try to figure out what would be good topic headings and do our stated values, our organizational values fit in a way that makes sense. If you can't make that work, the second way to, to really imbibe 
values throughout your code, you definitely can make work. Everybody can make work and everybody should be doing this. And that's relating the content of each of these individual sections to the values, to a specific value or a combination of values. How, you know, we often talk about living our values. Well, how do we live our values when we're talking about anti-corruption? If one of our values is, again, integrity, we can talk about how we show our integrity by not engaging in bribery. Very simple statements, but you can imbibe the language, and it doesn't always necessarily have to be directly on the nose, by the way. Uh, very often, uh, probably 75, 80% of the time, if you have organizational values, you have what, three, five, some organizations have more than that, and each of those is defined. So you don't necessarily have to use the word integrity over and over and over again. You can use some of the same language that you use when you communicate about integrity to the workforce when you have that definition, if you will, of what integrity means for the organization. Uh, echo that language. Uh, if there's other uh, resources that are out there, if these values have been around for a while and well, are well established, go find where there's been discussion about integrity and and look at that language and try to use that language in a beneficial way throughout the code of conduct to bring the topic that you're working on back to integrity or one of the other values. Uh, you should try, you should really make an effort to have some sort of value discussion in every uh, subtopic, in every section of the code. Uh, it really makes a difference. It really is particularly if you have values that are well known in the organization that are communicated through other sources, you're just reinforcing the likelihood that somebody is going to key on that language that they're familiar with and perhaps learn something by reading how that topic that you want to educate them about relates back to a value they're already familiar with. It's really important. It's not too hard to do and it's really uh, it really makes it much more impactful for lots many of your stakeholders. Uh, these values m should mean something to the stakeholders out there. If they don't, that's an entirely another problem, right? But if the values do mean something and they're meant to mean something to the stakeholders out there in your organization, then use that power. Use that power within your code. Do your best to weave that language. And again, it doesn't have to be this, just the, the, the uh, value itself, integrity, uh, honesty, or whatever it is. It can be language that is related to describing what that value means to the organization. It's important and it's a worthwhile exercise to try to complete. The old joke that I, I tell, and if you any of you have listened to me talk about code of conduct in the past, you've probably heard it too many times, but what you don't want to have happen with your code of conduct is to have your values page, which is usually the second or third page of your code document, usually right after the uh, statement from the CEO, you don't want that page to look like it is a Xerox accident that that page ended up in your code of conduct. You don't want a situation where you look at those values and you see them on that page, but then they're not mentioned again throughout the rest of the document. Or maybe only integrity is mentioned, but the other four values are not mentioned. That's not what you want. You want to utilize that resource that's already there. A good exercise uh, to get a sense of whether you have that language in your code is to do a simple word search. If you do a word search, you go to that second page, that third page, you have your five values, do a word search for each of those values. I think you'll be surprised. It's an eye-opener for some organizations who think they have a values-based code, but find out that 
other than integrity, uh, the other four or five values that are important to your organization, important on a day-to-day -day basis in communication, aren't mentioned other than on that page. Well, does that mean those other four values don't matter? And those other four values don't matter in the context of uh, compliance and ethics or your ethical culture? Of course not. It shouldn't be the case. So why aren't they throughout the rest of your code? It's a good exercise. You should do it if you haven't. The last thing that I wanted to talk about with regards to values and code of conduct is, it, again, if these values are either new and there's a big push on uh, to communicate around these new values, or the values are well known in the organization and, and consistently uh, there's materials and communication out there about, the, about them, then you can, again, dovetail on that. You've put the values, you've really worked on the language in your code, and they're, they're, they're listed throughout your code of conduct. Uh, they're used throughout your code of conduct, rather. Then the follow-up to that is when you're doing further communication. If you're doing uh, uh, informal communication to try to roll out your code of conduct or uh, create interest around your code of conduct after it's been rolled out, uh, then use those values. Uh, communicate about uh, what integrity means in the context of somebody being familiar with the code of conduct. Uh, use, use those values in your... Uh, rollout and education uh, uh, communication efforts that uh, that necessarily follow after you launch a code of conduct. Uh, you know, dovetail on the work that uh, hopefully in many organizations has already been done to get those values out in the in in, in into the uh, public square, of, if you will, of the organization. If people are already familiar with those values, have an understanding of what those values mean. Uh, relate to those values already for other purposes, then there's no need to remake the wheel. Use the power of those values, of, those, of that language that's already been, uh, been used, where resources have been put behind marketing and promulgating those values in the past. So just to sum up, uh, I, I think the threshold question is, do we use the values or do we not? I think that's a fact-based question for every organization. Uh, majority of cases, the answer is going to be yes, we do. If there is some flux, uh, some potential change uh, to the values in the future, or if, if you happen to be in an organization where the values just are not known uh, for whatever reason, um, then maybe your, your answer is no. Maybe you don't uh, include the values in the code of conduct. Um, and then two ways to really use them in the code is to use them as the structure of the code or have them as relatable language throughout the code of conduct in those different risk topic section, sections. You'll note that I didn't even mention, I, I mentioned in passing, but I didn't suggest that you need to have that values page up front. Um, I, I, don't think, I, I don't think it's, uh, I, I don't think you should get rid of that values page, but that values page is, from my perspective, meaningless if the values page is the extent of the discussion of the organizational values. I think it's fine to have, but I don't think it, uh, it does much to move forward uh, the usefulness of listing the values in the code of conduct if they're just listed on that page on the you know, second or third page and that's it. Um, but that's another way you can use them, obviously. You can have that values page and you can design that creatively and have a creative discussion on that page. That's fine. But I think the better use within the code of conduct is to imbibe it throughout the document, throughout the risk topic sections. And uh, if you can, if it does make sense, use it as the structure of the code. And then the last thing, just to, to, to recap, 
is uh, use those values in further communication, informal communication about the rollout of the code or communicating around the code. If you're using the values throughout the code, then it necessarily makes sense that you're going to key on those well-known phrases and terms to try to generate interest and, and get people excited about accessing your code of conduct. So I hope that's helpful. I do want to mention two upcoming webinars that I'll be I'll be uh, delivering here in the next few weeks. The first is actually next week, uh, Wednesday, May the 9th at 1 Eastern noon Central Time. Updating your code of conduct best practices. That's going to be with the Clear Law Institute. You can find them at clearlawinstitute.com. I also have the link in the show notes for this podcast. But if you go to clearlawinstitute.com and search me, Moorhead, or updating your code of conduct best practices, you'll find the information for updating your code of conduct best practices. Um, this is actually a repeat of a webinar I did for them a couple months ago. So if you missed it then, please join us. Uh, there, are, there will be credit for this uh, uh, event, both CCB credits, and I believe they're also applying for CLE credits, or you can apply for CLE credits. Uh, it does cost to register uh, with Clear Law, uh, but if you need to get some credits, that's a good place to go. Additionally, uh, along with my friends at SAI Global, uh, we will be conducting another webinar on Code of Conduct. So it's Code of Conduct all the time. This is the Code of Conduct channel. Um, on Thursday, May 24th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern, uh, we will be putting on a new webinar called Cracking the Code of Conduct, Understanding Regulatory and Stakeholder Expectations for Written Compliance Standards. That's a mouthful, but basically we'll be talking about what are the expectations around Code of Conduct from our friends uh, at the different regulatory agencies. What can we uh, glean from their expectations and what does that mean for putting together a Code of Conduct? Uh, so um, that also has been approved for CCB credits. That is also a free webinar. Uh, so if you want to join us then on Thursday, May 24th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 Eastern, uh, the, the uh, uh, link to sign up for that webinar will be in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, if you have any questions about uh, webinars, uh, any questions about uh, uh, or, or, or ideas for future podcasts, any questions for me generally, uh, you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can get in touch with us at the compliancebeat.com website or at moreheadconsulting.com or email me directly at eric at moreheadconsulting.com. Happy to answer any questions. Happy to consider any suggestions you have, my loyal listeners. And thanks again, as always, for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.